Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. For her price is far above rubies. The heart of her husband doth safely trust in her, so that he shall have no need of spoil. She will do him good and not evil all the days of her life. She seeketh wool and flax, and worketh willingly with her hands. She is like the merchant's ship. She bringeth her food from afar. She rises also while it is yet night, and giveth meat to her household, and a portion to her maidens. She considereth the field, and buyeth it, and with the fruit of her hand she planteth the vineyard. She girdeth her loins with strength, and strengtheneth her arms. She perceiveth that her merchandise is good, her candle goeth not out by night. She layeth her hands to the spindle, and her hands hold the distaff. She strength, uh, stretcheth out her hand to the poor, yea, she reaches forth her hands to the needy. She is not afraid of the snow for her household, for all her household are clothed with scarlet. She maketh herself coverings of tapestry, her clothing is silk and purple. Her husband is known in the gates when he sitteth among the elders of the land. She maketh fine linen and selleth it and delivereth girdles unto the merchants. Strength and honor are her clothing. She shall rejoice in time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Many daughters have done virtuously, but thou excellest them all. Favor is deceitful, and beauty is vain. But a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her of the fruit of her hands, and let her own works praise her in the gates. Let us unite together in prayer. Our Father, we pause before you to thank you for the privilege that we have had on this weekend of remembering Mother and celebrating with our mothers and our friends and our family in this time of recognition. We do it only, Lord, to praise your name, to lift you up. May all that is done and said throughout this service, even though we recognize and honor our mothers, be done to honor you, our Savior and our Lord, in whose name we pray. Amen. I wonder if any of you will recognize the name James Abbott McNeil Whistler. You probably didn't recognize the name James Abbott McNeil, but you did recognize the name Whistler. And you remember that he painted a picture that has now become famous, known as Whistler's Mother. One of the most famous pictures of all time. 
I wonder if you took a paintbrush in hand, and I did the same, uh, how many of us would be capable of painting on canvas our image of our mother? I can only see one person I think probably could do that here. Maybe there's some others, but I guarantee you I would fail. It wouldn't be very complimentary because my talents don't lie in that area. But I think we all paint pictures of our mother in many different ways. And I would like this morning to paint a picture in three areas of a mother, mine, yours, other mothers that you may know, and suggest to you in the process of doing so that I believe that these three qualities ought to be in the life of every mother. And I think we find these qualities in the verses that we read here from Proverbs. I would like to say, first of all, that a good mother possesses the quality of companionship. Sometimes women have taken a back seat or men have placed them on a back seat in thinking that they are not so important because they're perhaps not the primary breadwinner of the family, or they don't assume the position of importance in the church or in the community that perhaps their husbands might have. And I've heard women, when they have been asked, what do you do, they respond, I'm just a housewife and put themselves down by that phrase. The Lord recognized in the very beginning of time that it was not good for a man to be alone. And the scripture says that he therefore made him a helpmeet, someone who would be alongside, not behind, but alongside. I remember when I was a kid, there was a couple who walked the road in front of our house from town some miles to their house, and one thing I always noted about that couple is that she was always five steps behind. She followed him instead of walking with him, and I always wondered why. I don't know if it was her idea or his idea that they assume that position. But the Lord did not make woman to walk behind man. He made woman to walk beside him and gave her, as a consequence of that, an equal position with her husband. Therefore, I would suggest to you that a good mother, an ideal mother, is one, number one, who is a companion to her husband. We find in the 12th verse that we read there that she will do him good all the days of her life. She is a compliment to her husband. 
Women livers think they have invented something new called women working. And that women are supposed to be liberated somehow and be allowed to go out into the workplace and there find herself, her place in life. But I would suggest to you that they are several thousand years behind in that woman has always worked beside, hopefully, her husband. They jointly have made a living, and no woman should ever say, I'm just a housewife. Because without the work that the mother and wife does in the home, we would, men would discover that we are less than what we are capable of being as a consequence. Something that complements something makes it complete and full and capable of doing all that it's capable of doing. And we could go all through history and discover great men of this world who attribute their greatness to that of their wife or of their mother, who has been that person in their life, who has been the inspiration, and many times the, the one who has made it possible because she has so well fitted into the work of the husband in the home. Now, I don't think women liberals have achieved anything in their urging. Women have always worked beside their husbands down through the years, whether it's in the field or whether it's in the home or out in the workplace, and they are a companion in every way to their husband. Secondly, I think that we can say that good mothers are companions to their children. One of the probably tragic things about raising chickens is that most times the little baby chickens are taken away from their mother and reared or raised, whichever the proper term might be for animals, outside the influence of the mother hen. You can remember when you were a child, if you had them, that that mother hen would gather her brood under her wings and she would look after them and protect them uh, with, with every fiber of, of her body. But to take those little chicks after the egg is laid and put it in an incubator and bring up a chicken in a sterile environment without the influence of the mother hen may be all right as far as man is concerned for the uh, poultry industry. But to do that when it comes to the home, I think, is, is compromising the upbringing of children. We're almost getting to the place in our world when other people rear our children. I believe there's more to being a mother than simply being the biological uh, mother, the one who gives birth. There is a need for a mother and a child to develop a close relationship. And that's one of the cherished things that I think most of us 
will remember as we think about mother is that relationship between child and mother that we cherish so very definitely. There is no doubt at all that a strong society will depend upon the influence of strong mothers. Someone has said, I'm not sure who. I wanted to attribute to Abraham Lincoln, but I'm not positive that I'm right. Someone has said, the hand that rocks the cradle is the hand that rules the world. There is tremendous influence in the lives of mothers to direct our society. I think perhaps even more influence is exerted by mothers than by fathers in the setting the direction for our world. Women of this world can change our direction if they set their mind to do it. We can have a Christian society if the women of this world want it. And they can beat down any of the influences, I think, that men might put forth if they're so minded to do so. For they are extremely influential. And from the time of birth, all through life, there is no escaping the influence of a mother. My mother and dad are here this morning, and I know that I will always be the child, no matter how old I get. Any of you want to contradict that with your mother or your father? It ought to be that way, and God established that relationship. And even as old as we are, when we get even into our 40s and 50s and 60s or whatever age you might be and your parents are living, there is an influence exerted by our parents upon us and always will be and is God designed, I think, to be there. And it's good that mothers influence their children in the right relationship. So you women, if you don't like what's going on in the world, you can change it if you so set your mind to do so, or you rock the cradles of the men who will rule the world. Secondly, I think we need to realize that mothers ought to possess and do possess a quality of nurturing. As most of you know, I've spent a lot of years on the farm. One of the things I learned in the raising of livestock, when you're attempting to establish a herd or a flock, you want to look at maternal instincts of the females that you're going to put in the herd. You do not look for masculine qualities in the female. You look for feminine qualities that will say to you, this animal will be a good mother and will raise a good offspring. But she has qualities about her that makes her a good mother. Once in a while, I discovered that there would be individual females in the herd or the flock that ended up not being good mothers. 
they would give birth to the offspring and almost immediately abandon them. And sometimes we would have to force the mother to nurture, to nurse the child, the calf or the lamb or whatever it might be. That animal might, over a period of time, develop good mothering qualities, but that was always discouraging to see a newborn animal whose mother didn't want to have anything to do with it. This is the illustration of the modern tragedy in that many children are being abandoned, sometimes physically, oftentimes emotionally, and very frequently spiritually by their mother or their father, but certainly we're speaking now this morning of mother. And then we wonder what has gone wrong in our society. I read a story of a young boy who would go to school. He was a great school age. Who lived with his mother alone. His mother and father were divorced. And oftentimes he would come home and discover that the apartment was empty for during the day she had moved. And he would have to inquire around the community as to where was his mother so that he could go home. She did not care, apparently, for her offspring. And I wondered if she was not trying to actually abandon him, hoping that he would not find her, for she did not want the responsibility of rearing her own child. One of the tragedies in our world today are the street people. And I used to think that the only people on the street were adults. But I've come to learn in the past two or three years that our streets are full of children who have been abandoned by their parents and are there to forage on their own as best they possibly can. What a tragic blight it is upon our communities when there are mothers who lack the nurturing qualities that were supposed to be instilled within them. As that old mother hen used to reach out with her wings and gather her children, so every mother ought to gather her kids around her in order that she might physically take care of their needs as our scripture indicated the mother here in Proverbs did. That she might emotionally handle the problems that they face but I think more importantly that she might deal with the spiritual needs that they have. It is a tragic statement but true that men have abandoned the spiritual nurturing of their children and mothers must pick it up or it's not going to be done. You mothers as well are responsible to the spiritual needs of your children. Somewhere in my files that I can't find, there is a poem called, Are All the Children In? The gist of that poem indicates that the mother has died and gone to heaven. 
And she looks around heaven and asks of the Lord if all of her children are in. And the poem reflects back to earth when one of her statements in the evening before the doors were locked and she would go to bed was to ask the question, are all the children in? If all the children were home and she would go to bed, how many of you mothers stay up until your child comes home from that date or from a ball game? Why are you doing it? Because you have a nurturing instinct that says your responsibility is to see to it that your kids are taken care of. And you reach out to them. And we are so uh, gracious in our appreciation this morning to mothers whose wings have spread that her children might gather security underneath them, not only physically and emotionally, but spiritually. And I hope that every mother here will be so concerned about the welfare of their children that it will reach further than the physical needs or the emotional needs, but it will reach out to seeing to it that they come to know the Lord Jesus Christ and you will one day be able to ask the question, are all my children in the kingdom of God? And thirdly and lastly, let me say that a good mother ought to possess the qualities of godliness. We know that not every mother is godly. We certainly know that from experience and from the scripture. Paul said in 2 Timothy, that there were women who were carried away with false doctrines, who did not teach their children properly. He also said in 2 Timothy in chapter 5 that there were women who spent all their time in gossiping. There, one of the saddest stories of all of the scripture comes from 2 Chronicles. When 2 Chronicles says, referring to Ahab, or rather referring to Ahaz, who was the, let me get it right, Ahaziah, A-H-A-Z-I-A-H, who was king of Judah, who was the son of Ahab, the scripture says that he walked in the ways of the house of Ahab, for his mother was his counselor to do wickedly. What a terrible blight upon a mother to indicate that she has directed her son to be unwise, ungodly, immoral, at her direction. And strangely as it might seem, in our society today, there are lots of young men and young women, women whose lives have gone astray because their mothers have indirectly counseled them, uh, incorrectly counseled them to do wickedly, even against the teachings of God. Good mothers are those who will see to it that their children are nurtured within the confines of the church and the teaching of God's word. Proverbs 31.30, the very scripture that we read says, But a woman that fears the Lord, she shall be praised. And I think it is this morning these mothers that we are praising more than any others those who love the Lord and have demonstrated that in their lives and have taught us as husbands and as children that there is nothing more important than our relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ. 
for mothers who have done that deserve the highest praise. They have influence with their husbands, they have influence with their children, and I believe they have influence with God. God will listen to a mother who will direct and instruct her family in the way that they ought to live. Mothers, this morning we honor you. We love you. Of course, we love our own mothers more than we love other mothers here, but every, every person in this congregation surely will say we love you all who are mothers and who bring up your children the way they ought to go. You are a compliment to your husband. You make him what he is. You are the influence of God in the lives of your children. You will make them what they are. And the scripture says that if we bring up a child in the way that he should go when he is old, he won't depart from it. He may depart from it when he is young, but the day will come when the influence of his mother will reach his life. And it may be years down the road, but the influence is never forgotten. What took place between the child and the mother as that growing process was going on through those formative years will be remembered, will be remembered when he's old. You'll remember that it was the God of his mother that he ought to be worshiping. We'll come back to him with trust. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at James sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.